For far too long, injury lawyers have cared way too much about money and boosting their egos, and not enough about the people they serve. That stops now. Welcome to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, where trial lawyer Tyson Mutrux cuts through the BS and gives you practical takeaways to get you back on your feet, settle your case, and get on with your life. No fluff, no ego. And now, here's your host, Tyson Mutrux. Welcome back to the Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast. My name is Tyson Mutrix. I'm the host and the owner of Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers. Today, I'm going to talk about written discovery, the process, and then what's included in that. So what is written discovery? The easiest way of putting it, it's just the exchange of information and documents. Much of this information we've already exchanged with the defendant in Whenever, whenever we sent a demand. However, now that we're in litigation, we have to send it through the litigation channels, which means we've got to do it in a certain sequence in a certain way with the, with certain documents. So what are typical written discovery documents that you're going to see? Well, the ones that we're going to send to the defendant, a set of interrogatories, which are just a set of questions, all right, so we're using these words like interrogatories. They're just questions. And then we're going to send a request for production. That's on, a, on almost every single case. And a request for production, that's for a production of documents, items, photographs. Um, and it's, it's just that. It's, we're just looking for mostly documents or pictures or videos. Um, and so again, it's an, an information of information and documents for the most part. And by documents, I'm using that term loosely. I'm meaning that also as in, you know, items, you know, maybe video, maybe photographs, could be whatever, could be the black box on a vehicle, which is called an event data recorder. I'm using, again, I'm using that loosely, but that may be something that we're requesting in the request for production. Also with written discovery, sometimes, not always, we don't usually send these initially, but you will see a request for admissions. And that's just a series of questions asking them to admit or deny. The reason why we usually wait on these is we'll request the interrogatories and then we'll request the production. We'll do what's called a deposition, which I'll talk about in a later episode. And then after we've gotten all the issues narrowed down, then we'll request admissions to really narrow down the topics to find out really chisel things down to see if we've got all the issues narrowed down for trial and get them sort of put them in a box is what we're trying to do. And we want to do that and wait for that until we've got all or think we have all of the information that we need. That way, whenever we're cross-examining them on the stand, they can't deny it because they've got to sign off on those admissions. So those are the main documents that you're going to see that we will request. Mostly they will request the same documents of us, and it's rare to see any requests for admissions. It does happen, but it is rare for them to send those to us. But, but, but again, they do send them. In addition to those, though, you're also going to see a series of authorizations. So you're going to see a HIPAA authorization. That's so that they can get your records, your medical records and your medical bills. 
You're also sometimes going to see an employment authorization. You'll see an authorization for the Social Security Administration. You'll see a cell phone authorization, cell phone release. And by release, I'm using release and authorization interchangeably. And then you're also going to see a workers' compensation authorization. This is so that they can go in and request information in those different agencies or from those companies. When it comes to your employment records, those are not always relevant, but I would say usually they are, uh, even if you're not making a lost wage claim. The reason why is because they can then ask questions about, you know, time off from work, where you, even though if you're not making that lost wage claim, if you're really that injured, did you really take off from work? Things like that. So they can get into that information. They can ask about um, other employees that you work with. So other coworkers, your manager, things like that. So um, that's why they might ask that. But the, it's just to get information from whatever agency it is. If it's workers' compensation, they want to see if you've ever filed a work comp claim before. Um, if it's the Social Security administ Administration, they want to find out if you've ever filed for disability before. They're trying to get into your background when it comes to any any other injury claims that you might have made. All right, so we've talked about the documents involved. Now, what's the process like? Well, after an answer has been filed by the defendant, they will send us their request for discovery. We will send our request for discovery to them. And once those are sent, the other party has 30 days to respond. What happens if they don't respond in 30 days? Well, both sides are usually pretty cordial. Um, they'll work out extensions. And, and it, it's, in Missouri, fairly loose when it comes to the deadlines. But um, you, they'll get extensions. If it is an issue, one of the parties will file what's called a motion to compel and get an order from the court you know, ordering them to respond within a certain number of days. If the party does not respond, then the party will request a motion for sanctions. Um, and then a hearing will set on that. And then sanctions could be anywhere from um, court costs um, or cost uh, for attorney's fees, not court costs, but a cost for attorney's fees. It could be that they strike your pleadings on either side. It could be a series of things. Sanctions are very, very rare. You don't see it that often. Uh, what you'll typically see is just another extension or it's, that's still rare though. What you'll normally see is one of the parties will have, by the time that that hearing comes up, the, 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 the discovery will be disclosed to the other party. All right. So let's back up a little bit. So I went through the entire process there. I, I didn't really mean to, but I wanted to make sure you understood what happens if you don't respond. But once we get those written discovery, those questions, those in the request for production in our office, we will start filling those out. We'll start gathering the documents and we'll start answering those questions so that we can, by the time we meet with you, most of them will be filled out because a lot of the information we do have, some of the information we don't, but I'd say the vast majority we do. So we'll schedule a meeting with you to come into our office uh, or talk over the phone. Sometimes it's just easier to get the information over the phone and then get that information. And then we'll send it to you to review to make sure it's accurate. And then you'll sign off on it. So either we'll do that electronically, we'll email it to you, we'll mail it out to you, or we'll meet with you in person because they have to be notarized. And so a lot of times it's easier for you just to come into the office, meet with us, make sure everything is accurate, and then sign them in our office so that you can, we'll have a notary available for you there. That's, that's usually the easiest way, but sometimes it's easier. Sometimes clients live out of state, and so it's easier for them to um, fill out those discovery answers in their state 
and just have it notarized wherever they live. And we can do that. If that's something you'd prefer, we can do that as well. It's, it's, your, it's whatever your preference is. We have clients come in because it's usually easier. But if, you, if it's easier for you to stay at home or to do it at your work, that's, that's completely fine. And then once we have your, your signed answers, we will then package them all up with our, the documents that correspond to their questions and the request for production. All the information, we'll put what's called a certificate of service, which just say it's a document we file with the court saying we've answered those requests for discovery and they're fully, they're fully answered and we've, we've met our obligation is what that means. So those are all the documents. That's the process. If you have any questions, give us a call, 888-550-4026. You can also check out our, our YouTube channel, Mutrix Firm Injury Lawyers. If you have any questions that you want to submit to the show, there's a link in the show notes where you can ask any questions via audio. And if you don't want us to use your name, just let us know and we won't use it. All right. Thanks, everybody. It's uh, It's been, been a good one. Hopefully you got a lot of information out of this. Um, make it a great day out there. We're here for you. Thanks. See ya. Thank you for listening to the Mutrux Firm Injury Lawyers Podcast, a production of Mutrux Firm, LLC. We offer a free 30-minute strategy session to discuss your personal injury case. You can ask us anything free of charge. Call 888-550-4026 to schedule your call or use the link in the show notes. If you're trying to handle your personal injury case on your own and running into issues with the insurance adjuster or not getting the treatment you need, try these three things. One, don't give a recorded statement. Two, ask your doctors to do your treatment on a lien. And three, don't negotiate with the adjuster prior to getting all of the treatment you need. Check out our YouTube channel for more helpful tips where we have hundreds of how-to and explainer videos or go to TysonMutrucks.com. Until next time, thanks for listening.